everyone, and welcome to I Am Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. How are you guys doing today? I hope you guys are having a good day so far. This episode is very special to me, but it's also a really difficult um conversation, I think. It was a very raw and honest conversation with one of my best friends, Lisa. I don't think either of us anticipated getting as honest as we were, but that's the thing. When you're talking to your best friend on the podcast, you forget that you're recording and so you're just sharing as you normally would. But I think it's a very important conversation that needed to happen for both of us at the time where we were at. And I really think that it will resonate with a lot of you. This week, we're talking about grief and loss and processing grief in the different ways. And I really wanted to have Lisa on because she has a very different um, story and experience than I do. And I think it's really great to have, you know, the different perspectives. So I personally enjoyed it. It was difficult at times, but I think it was a very good conversation and I hope it's something that will resonate and touch you guys and that you guys will enjoy. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here is Lisa and I. Welcome, Lisa, to the podcast for the second time. Thank you. Yes, it's great to be back. I'm, well, I was going to say I'm very excited, (laughs) but I don't know if I'm really excited about our conversation today because I just have a feeling it's going to be emotional. (laughs) Yes, this is not an exciting topic, but it's great to be back anyways. Yes, talking to you is always exciting. So we're very, very happy about that. So guys, I already mentioned in the introduction what we're going to be talking about. But before we get into it, you know what we're going to do first. Okay, some type of way. Lisa, do you want to take it away or should I start? I can start. My some type of way today is a good one. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited because I'm having a vacation. By the time this airs, I think it will be in the past. Yes. But in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be getting away from it all 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, Listen. Staying by myself, yes. Yes. Staying by myself in a, um, a little resort apartment sort of thing. So I'm really excited for a week, just a new environment, going in the pool all the time eating out. I'll probably still be working, but I'm just really excited. I love that for you. Maybe you feel one type of way. Yeah. First of all, for the audience who don't know, Lisa lives in Barbados. So it's just like, even when she's just at home in her regular life, is still living a vacation life because hello, she is so close to the beach. So a staycation for her is an actual vacation <laughs> like, that's what we people who don't live in the islands want on a regular basis okay <laughs> I love it for you girl I'm very happy for you live it up as I said live it up for you and me because you know your girl can't be taking no vacations right now but live your best life for both of us okay well my some type of way is Okay, you guys, I talk about this all the time, Kev on stage. Well, I talk about Liz, Mrs. Kev on stage. But this time around, I'm talking about Kev on stage. So if you guys don't know who he is, he's a comedian and he is very popular. um, I would say like in the black community, especially. Anyway, he was nominated this year for an NAACP award. And I think it was like social media personality or something. And his wife put on this like this party of celebration for him for the nomination. Because, you know, it's a huge deal for him. It's a huge deal because he's really coming from starting like he's the epitome of starting from the bottom. And so uh, I was watching his speech the other day, you guys. (laughs) hit me in the feels first of all he titled the video like me crying for 20 minutes straight (laughs) basically it was me crying for 20 minutes straight (laughs) me and everybody else watching it I'm pretty sure because it was so emotional like he was talking about 
just where they started and how his wife was there as like this amazing support for him and the sacrifices that they had to make for him to get to the place that he's at and the friends and the family and just the support that they found. And I just... (laughs) It just had me feeling all the feels. I think the biggest thing that hit me was just the support aspect, which I talk about ad nauseum <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which I will forever talk about because like is a huge part of my life. It's just like when you are doing all this stuff, you're you're going after your dreams and you're you know sometimes you're looking crazy trying to do it just knowing that you have the people that are there to support you all the time no matter what I feel like there's just nothing like that so that's really what just got me like oh my gosh this is so amazing and then like you know when you watch somebody on YouTube or you follow them like on social media like celebrities or just like YouTubers or something and you'd be feeling like they're your friends you know them them. (laughs) but in reality you don't know them yeah 100% (laughs) like Liz is my home girl okay (laughs) that's it it's like you feel the victory for him like you feel so excited so it was so nice so that's my some type of way I'm really glad that we got to share some really happy things because as I said, it's going to be kind of emotional. I feel like we're prepping ourselves. So on to the topic at hand, you guys, we're talking today about grief and it's a hard one because, you know, both Lisa and I have suffered different types of grief, I think, and losses. And that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to get Lisa on. I think it's really important to just have different perspectives because, you know, some people can relate to what I'm saying and some people I know are going to relate to what you're saying as well. So let's just jump right in. Okay, so we're talking about loss. Um, For me, I mean, I pretty everybody knows because this is pretty much the basis of this podcast but if you're listening for the first time my loss was of course the loss of my marriage um last year I got divorced and I think the loss for me was it was a loss of a lot of things you know it was a loss of obviously a relationship but also the loss of a life that I thought I was going to live you know like you have your plans in your head you think your life is going to go a certain way and then it's almost like in the blink of an eye everything you thought you knew you just don't anymore and all of that is like gone now and I think that was a big part of it as well and it's it's the loss of um I think identity a little bit because I'm now losing a big part of who I was, which was wife. And for me, especially, you know, that was a huge part of me, you know, being this person, it, I just feel like just a huge part of me was just lost, you know? And I think the thing with loss in general is that it can be, there are so many different types of losses, but I think the feelings are very much this, the same. And that like you, in a lot of ways, you lose parts of yourself, whether you lose a person or you lose through death or through the loss of relationship, job, whatever, you do lose a part of yourself, you know? So I think that's the biggest, that was my loss and the one that we're going to focus on in this episode. What about you? Well, honestly, I've experienced a lot of death in my family. All of my grandparents have died and um, an aunt, uncles, friends as well, my age. So it's a lot. But the one that I'm going to mainly focus on today is the loss of my grandmother, my maternal grandmother. So she passed away in February. It was nine years ago when I was 18. So I had just gone to university for the first time because I started in January instead of August, September, when everyone else started. And I, you know, said goodbye to her and all my family and left for Michigan. And 
just about, yeah, just about a month in, I remember one night I had a sleepover by a friend that I had made and that I went back to my room in the morning and I saw that I had missed Skype calls and this, these missed calls were like from 5 a.m. So I was like, this is not good. So I called my parents back and they said she didn't wake up in the morning it's weird but I didn't really the phrasing of it I just remember the phrasing because I was like so what happened like I didn't she didn't wake up so what you know I didn't really fully understand at first what they meant and then they explained so that was how I found out and then a week or two later I came home for the funeral Wow. Lisa, I didn't even know that you were in Andrews or in college yeah. at this time. It's crazy mm-hmm. because like, I know you after, when, when did we go to Argentina? My junior year of college, you were what, sophomore, I think? I, I don't know. Yeah, wow. You were a junior too, right? No, I was, that was actually my second semester because the first semester was that January. Oh, okay. Right. And then, yeah, the next one, went there. Yeah. So it's crazy. Sometimes I, I feel like I have, I've known you forever and ever. So it's just weird when you talk about things that happened before, like I was around. Before you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. But also like, it's, 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 it's really interesting actually to learn, you know, new things, but I really didn't know that you were not in Barbados when that happened. How, how, like, did that make it worse or did you ever have, yeah. Yeah. Um, I spoke to her only one time on the phone after I went to Andrews and then like a week later she went into hospital and she hadn't been sick. Well, that we knew of, I guess there was Mm -hmm. something underlying that came to head at that point. So she was in hospital for a few days and then she went home so completely for me unexpected like it wasn't something that was unresolved we thought it was fixed and she was fine and she was recuperating so I like my mother had visited her the night before not knowing obviously that it was the last time Mm -hmm. and they were just talking like regular and she had asked her to bring her plants from home because she was staying at my uncle so like it was just completely regular and the fact that I wasn't there, I think it kind of wasn't real to me at first. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that as soon as the funeral finished, I had to go back to school. I didn't have like that support because this was my first semester. So I barely had friends. I barely had anyone physically around me. Mm-hmm. So I definitely felt like I was going through it alone. Oh my goodness. That's terrible. That is so terrible. And then you, like, how do you even jump back into school? Like, how did that, the rest of that semester go for you? Yeah. Um, well, to backtrack a little bit, I'll say like the day that I found out I had been invited to a lunch and I went to the lunch and like, I feel like my life continued kind of pretty normal until I left. Mm. And I came home, I think when I came home is when it became real. So when I came back is when I kind of was distraught. Yeah. But I remember at a funeral, somebody, to her, one of her best friends actually told me, you should go to therapy to help deal with this. I guess she realized that, you know, we were really close. So it hard for me. So when I went back, I just went to the counseling section. I was like, I want counseling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was the first time I ever did therapy. It never crossed my mind before. So I think that helped. And honestly, I think what really got me through was the office like <laughs> the tv I show started watching the office yeah that's when the love started at that stage. yes and i would just watch it like just binge it like just watch it because it was a distraction you know so yeah. the rest of the semester i think i was just i mean i didn't really like the school so i was just generally miserable and ready to go home mm-hmm. but i think the counseling at that stage did help yeah. So what was your relationship with your grandma like? Well, from as young as I can remember, it was like she was my favorite person, you know, and we had a special connection. I mean, I have a younger sister, so I wasn't the only granddaughter, but we had a special connection. And I thought of her as a kindred spirit, somebody that 
we connected with we connected on a way that on a level that you can't necessarily articulate and so you know she introduced me to a lot of the things in my life that continue now like church and god she was the one who introduced me to all of that from young and from young she you know read bible stories to me we used to read the bible together she took me to church um she loved gardening and she had us in the garden baking we were baking from so young with her and she was the person that taught me what unconditional love looks like she just was a gem and I mean I'm biased <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> saying this just because I'm biased but anybody who met her can tell you that she loved you in a special way she was the kind of person who gave you the best and yeah. she taught us to be like that you know to be affectionate to say I love you after every phone call so yeah we were you know what hearing you talk about your grandma it makes me see like I get it I understand why you are the way that you are because so many of the qualities that you're explaining from her I feel like you have so I see a lot of like I didn't know her which is very unfortunate I wish I did just hearing you talk about her but I feel like I get a piece of her from you yeah I would say that I am of anyone I have most of my personality and my ways of thinking from her that is invaluable I think and just to know that you have that had to keep on like as you go Mm -hmm. on in life like that's something that's not going to go away is really special okay so what you kind of mentioned this a little bit like you at first you were kind of like I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. You didn't really get it. And then it hits you. So you mentioned counseling at first. I was going to ask how how you dealt with it. Like, how long were you in counseling for? Well, it was the rest of the semester. So it was only really like two more months. Oh, okay. Because as I said, that next year, then I went to Argentina. So I didn't even realize it was that close to Argentina. So like, yeah. even like when we went to Argentina, girl, was that, so, I, I mean, I know now that has to be a big thing that um, affected you at different points. But Yeah, definitely. I, I think you feel it a lot when something happens and you want to tell the person. Mm. And so of course, Argentina is full of things that were like you and crazy and everything. So then you feel it then, you know. Yeah. I think for me, the way that I obviously dealt with it is I just got right into therapy. I think the amazing thing about that is we both did that, which I think is really great. But I think for me, I've said this already as well. I got into therapy, not for the divorce, but it just so happened that it was scheduled the day after the, you know, he said he wanted a divorce. So I... I mean, I didn't want to, I don't want to say I didn't have a choice. I could have dropped out if I really wanted to. But at that point in my life, I was ready to just deal with all the problems. And of course, that was a big problem. And so yeah, that's how I dealt with it. I literally just got right into dealing with it and talking about it. But what I want to say about that is, and maybe you can relate to this. Um, Even though I got into therapy dealing with it, you know, actually in therapy and my feelings about it there was still a big part of me that kind of like ran away from it in my regular life almost like I Mm -hmm. I mean obviously you know this at the time just so many things were happening because I had to then like quit my job and like pack and all of that and move so it was just a lot happening but so I feel like I had to kind of compartmentalize it and I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to talk about it with therapy or not even this week, like today I have therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to my therapist today, but as soon as I leave, we're just going to close that book and then we're going to yeah. keep on, keep it on. And I did that for a long time, actually. And my therapist was the one who called me on in it because it wasn't until even months later when I told her that like, she asked me, how do you feel after it's sessions? And I told her, I don't be feeling good. Sometimes I feel 
terrible. I feel worse. And she was saying, she pointed out that it, because for you, it's this like huge just thing. And because you don't deal with it when you're outside of the sessions, then when you're in it, you know, like it's going to continue to be, just be this large problem that you have until you can yeah. incorporate the thing. So like, was that something that you connected with as well, where you kind of had to go through your regular life and like push it aside? Cause then you were in school, like you said, you were in school yeah. and all these other things are happening. Like, how was that for you? A hundred percent. And honestly, up to today, I'm still doing that. Like I still have to compartmentalize. I mean, it's been nine years, as I said, but they say time heals and maybe in some ways it does, but I don't think in some ways it doesn't, you know? Yeah. And so time has passed, but to think about it, it feels like it hurts as, as if it was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. So... I have spent the majority of the nine years with, I would say, an open wound that I just try not to touch. And that is the only way that I know. Sorry for the tears, <laughs> but I'm going to probably. No, we do not apologize for tears <laughs> on this podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how to accept it. So I just have to not think about it as much as possible. But what happened as a result of that is I would dream about her. And I still dream about her all the time because even though my conscious is trying not to, in my subconscious, it's always there. So at night it comes out, you know, like at first it would be like every other day or so that I dream about her. And then... Um, it would go to maybe like a couple of days a week. And then it went down to maybe a couple of days a month. But I'd say recently it's been going back up to more frequently per week. And it has to, as you say, as you said before, it has to come out somehow. And so it comes out in the dream. But I definitely think that I avoid thinking about it and talking about it as much as possible because right now the conversation we're having is the most that I've talked about it, I think, since. Wow. I know because even in our friendship, like we'll talk about it sometimes, but like you never really talk about it and we've never talked about it in depth for real, for real, you know, you'll mention the dreams and stuff, but not, you know, like this. Yeah. I think that's kind of a big difference between the loss of someone who dies and the loss of someone who is still living. You know, there's definitely a debate about if which one is easier. I don't think any of them is easier. But sometimes I think that like when someone dies, like with me and the loss of the relationship, I, I'm i not there yet, but I do believe that there might come a time when I can look at it and not feel sad and not feel mm-hmm. like that gut just punch you know that you felt in the beginning whereas I think when you lose someone through death it's just there's always that gut punch in your heart you know I I do feel like it's very different um and maybe you know I think for people I think it's just different everybody has their own ways of dealing and their own yeah this is true because with my sister um she got to accept it pretty quickly as far as I can understand and she can talk about it mm-hmm. without you know she can talk about it and we've lost a couple we've had a couple more losses recently and she has a process that she goes through and you know we spoke about it after and she'll say yeah like I I am an, at an okay place where I can look back and just feel the fond memories but not the pain I think everybody's process is different. Yeah. I was going to, that's kind of leading into the next question that I have, which is how that loss affected the people around you. Cause for you, it's something that like, it's your grandma. So there's a relation to your mom, to your sister and other people in your family. So how you mentioned your sister already, like what about your mom and other people in the family? How, how did that like change? How did it affect them? And then how did it like change the dynamic with you guys? 
honestly, we never talk about it. And I don't think we really talked mm. about it at the time, like how we felt, you know. So obviously we'll talk about her and we'll mention her sometimes, but we never have discussions about, oh, I miss her really or how that has been. So, I mean, my own family doesn't know how I still struggle. So I can't really say definitively where they are. Um, she was a nucleus for the family. So we lost touch with a lot of the the more extended family or we weren't as close to them. There are people who I would see regularly when she was alive, like by her house that I haven't seen here, for example. Mm. So mm-hmm. I feel like the entire family really felt it, but we just didn't really talk about it. Yeah. Do you think that's a part of the reason why it's still so hard for you specifically? Like there's not really, because it would make sense to talk about it with the people who have also suffered and they're probably the people who could actually understand it, you know? So like, the fact that you guys have not spoken about it, even just like good memories or whatever it is, do you think that plays a part in like why it's still hard for you? I think so. You know, I I think airing things out generally helps, but I mean, I think a part of it is on me too because I don't talk about it because I'll cry yeah. every time I talk about it and I don't want to cry in front of mm-hmm. people. So. Yeah, I think that does play a part. I don't know how it affects them, but it probably would have been helpful for me too. Yeah, you know, think, hearing you talk about this too, I'm thinking about myself too with uh, with everything that happened. And it's a little bit similar also because when I, in the very beginning, when everything is happening, As I said before, with you, everyone had a relationship with their grandma. Everyone also had a relationship with my ex. Like my parents had a relationship with him specifically since they're my closest family members. And I was in a place where I I was so depressed with my own feelings and overwhelmed. And it was just too much for my own self that I could not handle their whatever like like I can't I and I actually had a conversation with my parents in the beginning because it would come to a place where like they're talking to me about how they're feeling about it you know they're equally angry and sad and hurt and all the things and I had to tell them look I can't hear this right now because to me like it's already I feel everything that you're feeling I feel 10 times worse And I already don't even know how to deal with this myself. And so hearing this, I just feel like it's an added burden. And I just, I can't. And honestly, I think that my parents have become very much aware of that. And so they've been very careful in what they share with me, like regarding their feelings and like how they deal with it. And I'll get glimpses of it at times, you know, I'll get like, the little comments at times, but <laughs> it's still not like you. It, we don't sit here and have these conversations about it. And so I know now I, I, through the glimpses of conversations, I can kind of piece together how they feel about it, but it's not something that we sit around and feel like, okay, so tell me how this hurts you also. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and, I, and honestly, like that was something that really was hard for me because, you know, like I am someone who just cares a lot about how everybody else around me is feeling. So, uh, and and because of just who I am, like it, it's always easier for me to think about how other people are feeling because obviously I'm not thinking about my own feelings. And so that is like the thing that I wanted to do immediately. Like I remember in the beginning when my parents are telling me how hurt they are about it. Like I want to comfort them and I want to tell them it's okay. Right. Except I'm also suffering. So like, how can I say that's okay? Because it's not like I'm, you know, I can't comfort anyone because I can't even comfort myself. And so like, you can't pour from an empty cup. You just can't. And I, I think that was a big struggle that I had because, and I still am trying to figure out how to navigate because like when I think about the hurt that my parents feel, it's like, 
yeah, you know, you just, you feel upset and you feel mad and sad and all the things again on their behalf. Right. And like, they don't feel it the same way that I do. And I'm pretty sure they're a lot more moved on than me, but you know, it's, it's, it's still really hard. And I think not being able, I think a big part of the issues for me was that I didn't really know how to also talk to them about these things because Mm -hmm. like that was like the hardest thing that we as a family ever had to deal with it's the hardest thing I personally have ever had to deal with and of course thus my family and so just something like that emotional and grand it's like how do we even talk about this like I don't know and like you I feel so emotional that I'm not trying to be there crying the whole conversation (laughs) so then yeah you just 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 avoid it but what had started happening to me was that I, it was getting harder and harder for me to keep it to myself. Cause that saved my compartmentalizing. I had to, I felt like I had to do at home. And that is really mm-hmm. just like, that's terrible because you want to be yeah. your most true self in your home. You want to feel comfortable, but if you have like this huge burden that you feel like you can't let go because of whatever the reasons are, then you never feel safe and good in your own home. And I was feeling that and it was all in my head. Like it was never really, it, let me not say it was all in my head. It wasn't all in my head, but a lot of it was like me telling myself, Oh, they're not going to understand or they can't handle it or I can't handle it. And then creating all these reasons as to why I should not talk to him and like just build up, build up, build up until I'm still like exhausted from just keeping it all in, you know? And so, I mean, that's definitely something I'm honestly still working on in therapy. I'm pretty sure that when this comes out, um, hopefully by then when this comes out my parents are not surprised by hearing this quite frankly (laughs) because again like you said this is just not something that we talk about in the house you know okay so we kind of talked about I think in talking about this so far we're kind of mentioning some of these things but I just wanted to bring up the stages of grief a lot of you might be familiar but just in case you're not I'm going to let you guys know. So there are five stages of grief. The first one is denial. We have anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And, you know, especially in like therapies for grief and loss, that's always something that people work on. Um, And I think just thinking about this, it's like, as as I was thinking about my own grief and loss experience I was thinking about myself in these stages what what are your thoughts on the stages first of all because I know that some people don't necessarily agree with the stages of loss like what what do you think about that or the stages of grief sorry I mean I believe in them (laughs) I would love to see acceptance but (laughs) I do believe that they are real and they manifest themselves in different ways. And as we as we all know, they're not one after the other and they're not in order. But to understand that these are recognized stages, I think it's helpful to know that you're not weird. You're not the outlier when you're feeling angry, you know, for example, at a lot. Yeah. What would you say? Well, what stages do you feel like you, because you said not acceptance. So what stages <laughs> do you identify with or have you um, identified with in the past? Yeah, I would say, as I kind of alluded to earlier, there's a bit of denial at first. Like it just yeah. didn't feel real. It didn't hit home because I was far. Um, anger. I would say that there was maybe some anger with God yeah. for it, which I think is pretty common with people that have are religious in some way to ask your ask God why, you know, mm-hmm. we believe in this omnipotent God. Why did you allow something to happen? And I would say it did affect my relationship with God. I remember for 
a while there I wasn't like spending time with him or doing my regular devotions and bargaining well I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I relate to the bargaining yeah um depression we're straight through like <laughs> depression yeah <Definitely>. <laughs> yep mm-hmm yeah. yeah. For me, um, denial for sure. Actually, something that people don't know, a lot of people don't know this. For me, this was not the first time the divorce came up as a solution for the problems that I was having in my marriage. And actually, I really sensed this was coming. Like, I, I knew this was coming. So I, I think that's kind of... Um, that's another big difference between the two of us is that like your loss was very much unexpected. So it just kind of hit you like, dang me. It did hit me the first time it was brought up real bad. Um, but then after that, I was kind of just living, just holding my breath and waiting for the shoe to drop, honestly. And that was, well, almost a year of living like that. In, yeah. in full transparency and so uh, yeah I would say like in the beginning the very first time it was brought up oh I definitely was in denial and I I just couldn't believe it like I, I, I was like I can't believe this is really happening and there are still days like up to this week I didn't even tell you this girl but up to this week I was going to bed like a few days ago and I thought to myself I can't believe this is my life right now like I can't believe this that I'm going to bed by myself and that I've been doing that for a couple months like it's just you know there's just some days when it just hits you and you're like how how is it's this like happening real. it yeah. is so yeah definitely was that um Anger a thousand percent. <laughs> you yep. already know. I have never been this angry about anything in my entire life. And actually to a point where it scared me, like I scared myself with the kind of rage and anger that I felt unlike no other. Um, definitely had anger towards God. And I had anger towards God before, because obviously, as I said, it's something that was kind of building up. And I, I there was just a lot of problems that I was like, why is this happening? Like, and I used to feel like, dang, like I did everything right. Why yeah. is this happening? You know, um, the bargaining. Yeah, I don't really know about the bargaining. Like, I don't know about the bargaining because like, I, as I said, I felt like I did everything right. I felt like, I don't even know what more I could have done, you know, like I really felt like uh, the the steps were there and I just followed them. So why, you know, yeah. depression? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hello, obviously an acceptance. You know what? I will say that I feel like I'm, I'm at the acceptance piece right now. Honestly, I feel, I yeah. And I was initially like, should I say this? I, I don't know if this is like, I'm scared. As, as I said, like, I, I'm sometimes scared to be like, I accept, <laughs> you know, because I feel, mm -hmm. to, you know, when you think of acceptance, especially with, with grief, you, it equals like, okay, like you're over, like you've moved on fully and you no longer like feel any kind of negative emotions. I think that's what we think it equals, you know? And so saying I accepted this is like, do I? Because like, what about the day when I thought about this and I felt sad, you know, but I think I have accepted it. I've accepted this is the end and I'm at peace with the fact that this is the end. And like, we're not trying to go back. <laughs> and there is like that chapter is 100% closed and I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you think you experienced the stages that you said you identified with? I would say that, um, I mean, I touched on the anger and the denial, but with the depression, I feel like it, it's triggered usually by things. So we live 
five minutes away from where her house was and it is like right around the corner from my church so that's a trigger in and of itself like just driving by her house can set off like a week of dreams or something like that and if I'm the passenger I turn my head I don't have to look at the house Mm. you know and if I'm driving I try to avoid it if possible um I feel the depression when, as I said before, things happen and I want to tell her or more recently, I think why it's been worse recently is because I want advice, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are happening in my life that I think she would have gone through and I'd like to know, like, how did you do it? You know, like, what was your experience? But I can't. Um, I don't know if I've ever had pieces of acceptance as I think about it. There may have been moments that I felt like, you know what? She has really bad arthritis and she was in pain all of the time. So there's maybe a sense of she it was out of her pain, you know? And maybe it was what was best for her there's as a christian we believe that we'll see our loved ones again so there's that level of comfort there but ultimately i think it's still at this stage of my life maybe the past half of it has been mostly just depression and not being able to speak to her and knowing that for the rest of my life she'll never be there for milestones I'll never be able to talk to her, ask her anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's the worst part about death, I think. Just the finality of it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, yeah, I think that applies to all losses, but I think death is just like, uh I always say, like, I don't know if you ever really get over death or, like, you can ever get to a place where you're fully, like, moved on with that. Because, like you said, they're constant reminders. They're constant just triggers that you can't necessarily, like, resolve. You know, there's no... Like, yes, like sometimes you can say, you know, we'll see her again, but I don't know. I guess it's like the sting is just still with the finality of it. I feel like the sting just hurts still, you know? Yeah, yeah I think for me, um, yeah, the depression 100% was I, uh, a big part of my depression was just keeping up with the facade that I was fine, which I think tied into the denial aspect. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to face the reality of this. You know, for me, it was, okay, I'm moving back to this place where everybody knows me plus someone else. So yeah. anytime I go anywhere, if I see someone that I know, there's going to be questions. Like, I just don't want to deal with that, you know? And so like you in the avoidance, like I definitely was like, I'm staying in my house. I'm never leaving this house. Like I'm not going anywhere. And I, and COVID helped me out and I did that. (laughs) And um, I guess I'm grateful for the time because I was able to like really actually with therapy and just like being by myself, like really just feel, feel the feels, you know? I think when it comes to the facade, what I mean is like, I would feel the feels in the day, but then my parents would come home mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, like, all right, let me just close it on up and be okay for them. As like, I need to protect them. So they think that I'm okay. Cause I don't want them to feel bad about the fact that I'm not okay. You know what I mean? And like, even the other day, my mom said to me, um, you know, on Tuesdays when she knew I had therapy, she would come home and she would kind of almost dread it and be like, okay, what, what are we going to get today? Kind of like, how am I going to be? 
because she knew that I was going to have therapy, which meant I was going to talk about things. And pretty much every time that she came home, I was depressed, locked up in the room crying. Like, and she knew that. And so like hearing her say that, like she said this recently when I'm in a much better place. But if I heard her say that, like a couple months ago, it would have made me feel like even more like, okay, no, I need to really keep this to myself. But ultimately like, she already do like she already sees yeah. it <laughs> so I was like what are you really hiding here and I think that's the thing like people know when you're not in a good place but that was a big thing for me just when I could fully accept that like I'm depressed and I'm depressed for a good reason and this is an issue that I have and then like be okay with like like I think accepting of that because I think that's mm -hmm. another problem that I personally had is I'm not the person that's depressed like I can't be depressed people are looking up to me I can't be that person that's going through this so on top of the loss of like all of everything else it's like the loss of everyone's perception of me and who yeah. I'm putting out there and that obviously was detrimental and that I think started the birth of the podcast. And once I was able to like in therapy and with the Lord and talking to you, and once I was able to just like finally accept, okay, you're depressed, but you should be like, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You went through a okay. traumatic event. You should be depressed. Once I um, accepted that, that then I was like more open to talking about what other things I was dealing with, you know? And so I think that's kind of, I think they all kind of like went in together and all of that mm -hmm. led to the acceptance because overall of just like this loss, because then I'm like, okay, so I've accepted that I'm not okay. And now I can accept it. This relationship sucked. And now I can also accept that it's over and thank God. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I mean, as I said, you guys, the anger, it was bad. You know, like I was in the house still living with this person in the beginning because obviously I can't leave because I'm like, getting things ready and you guys I had to leave the house I had to and I didn't have money but I was like I can't be in this place because the feelings I was feeling were just not Christian like and I I couldn't and so I, I mean I had to get out of there I stayed in a hotel a couple of nights and if it wasn't for my job like I would have been out like immediately you know and I think that's the thing like when something traumatic happens to the feelings that you feel are just so heightened and like, there's just no more logic sometimes because you're just like in the heart of these really intense feelings, you know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, I was going through it, but honestly the therapy is really kept me, kept me going you know um yeah. so we talked a little bit about you know kind of how we dealt with the the loss initially and you mentioned a little bit of like how it's affecting you now but like how would you say you deal you deal with like those triggers and those just the overall loss like the dreams that you have how is how do you deal with that now I, in full transparency, don't think I am dealing with it, really. Um, it's affected me in a lot of different ways. And I feel like one of the less obvious ways is anxiety. I, or let me say worry. I am constantly worrying about something because I know you can relate to this. Your life is just going one way. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, yeah. a nuclear bomb drops on it you know and mm -hmm. then I feel like you're constantly or at least I am in a state of fear after that of when is the next mom gonna happen like mm -hmm. any morning you can wake up and someone you love someone or something that was always there is gone forever so I am definitely 
now even trying to address my the worry that has come out of it but you know like every time my parents or my sister leaves home like what if they don't get that you know I'm just constantly Mm. afraid of losing someone again which I have lost people since then so that's where it made it worse Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm but um the dreams I I don't know how to deal with them and it's it's hard because in the dream you know I dream she's alive and then you wake up and you're back to the reality if she's not so that's really hard but I'm gonna go to therapy <laughs> yes. gonna go back to therapy yes. and hopefully you know deal with this because that first set of therapy as I said was a couple of months so I feel like it probably wasn't sufficient but Mm -hmm. I left the second therapy I went to was not related to this and I didn't touch on this at all and it was also only a few months yeah I go back hopefully we can deal with this we can deal with the anxiety all these different things you know and even if I don't reach place of full peace about it I would like to feel comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. I'd like to feel less worried and more just some level of peace yeah yeah I'm hearing you talk about it and I'm thinking about just like the changes that you don't even realize this thing does to you you know like as you said the anxiety and the worry and it's the same for me I mean I don't have the anxiety and worry in the same sense but you know I definitely feel like my approach on relationships is very much different (laughs) you know you know this girl like in the beginning especially I was like nope single forever never get into a relationship like we're not doing this And I've started talking about like if and when I get into a relationship again, like, because the thing is when you, for me, the the major change that it did for me was, I mean, so many changes. I mean, a big part of that was I said, I feel like I lost part of myself. So there's just like the reconciling, like, who am I again? And being, finding who is, who is that person? loving that person because quite frankly in this relationship I just did not love myself and like that just affected me and so it just really affected you know my confidence like my self-esteem took a hit and obviously when you go through this marriage you know initially you're the divorce you're like I'm a failure I failed you know and you constantly think something is wrong with you and so initially I'm like initially I'm angry because I'm like men trash hate them can't (laughs) but then I'm also at the bottom like this is the real deal is I'm like who is gonna love me you know like at the core there is a um fear that like who is gonna want this again you know because of all the things that happened Like, I just can't help but internalize some of the, just, you know, I internalize a lot of the bad things to mean that, like, it was my fault and my problem. So then it's like, when I now, like, let's say I'm in a good place and I'm ready to, like, date again. I'm like, well, you know, Am I going to be able to find someone who's going to want to accept all this baggage? And so, like, that's a huge fear of mine still. And I, I, and I think that when I eventually, if, if, when I get back into that world, I'm going to question a lot of things. Like, I just have so much doubt and there's just so little trust that like in a in a sense it has it jaded me a little bit and I don't want that like I want to 
I don't want to be jaded. I don't want to be that person that's like, love is dead and there's no hope. But at the same time, you know, the love that I had in my life is dead. <laughs> and so uh, that is just hard. Um, and I think like moving forward in a relationship, there were just some things that I never um, questioned before. I just thought I was very much comfortable with myself, as I said, and I thought I knew things about relationships. And now I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know anything. So I just feel like that's definitely going to be, I mean, it's something I'm dealing with right now, but like, I think that's going to follow me, you know? Um, but I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in just this whole thing is that I didn't love myself and I'm trying to get to a place where I now do. And hopefully, you know, if and when those those things come to be, I can then confidently go into whatever and say, this is me and this is it and take it or leave it. And that's it, you know? But like, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm just not. And it sucks to say because... I always wanted to preach. I always was preaching self-love and I always want to be this like advocate for don't um, accept anything less. But here I was here. I still am like struggling with that. But yeah, that's a big way in which this this loss just changed everything, you know? So we talk about a lot of depressing things, <laughs> as we've said. But um, and I think you know when we when you and I were talking about doing this episode, you said something like, "I don't really like we don't have like this wrap up this gift to present to the people." Like, okay, let's wrap it up nice and pretty. And I told you, that's good. That's fine. I, that's life. Like we don't always have the answers. That's the purpose of this podcast. You know, sometimes things suck and there is no answer. There's, it just sucks. And it just is what it is. But I think the beauty of I am not okay with day is that other people can hear this and relate to this and say me too. And that goes a long way because if someone hears this and says me too, and says, let me get into therapy because I got to deal with this because same, or if they just, if this sparks some kind of self-reflection, then I think it's a success. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is something that God has taught you through this loss? To love harder and let the people in your life know that you love them. I mean, that's something that we did when she was alive. Like, as I said, yeah. she's always the one who says, I love you and stuff. And I got that from her. So I, like, I believe the last words I said to her were, I love you, which is Aww. You know, somewhat comforting. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, with my friends and family, I'm the one who says it and being older sometimes I'll have disagreements or fights with somebody and for me it always just puts things in perspective like if this is the last interaction you have with this person or just to know like you have a finite amount of time with any given person how much of that time you want to spend fighting over dumb stuff you mm -hmm. know or being mad or being petty or something it's not to say that I dismiss issues or anything like that because I don't I deal with them but the end of the day for me it's just like I love you I love the person that I'm you know my family my friend whoever and I want to have as much time loving you as possible and us being happy as possible so for me it's you know hug kiss tell somebody you love them tell somebody that how much they mean to you and not just once but all the time like keep saying it because yes. important. you don't know when it's gonna end and you want the people in your life to know how loved they are and know how special they are so I think that's the biggest thing that that I learned from this experience that 
my life is short. Other people's life is short. So spend it in love. I love that. And you know what? As I said, I'm very grateful that I get to experience that from you. <laughs> we just did our we just did our hand heart. <laughs> um, I think the thing that I that the Lord has taught me in this loss is that not every loss is a loss. You know, yeah. I think that some losses are gains, and my particular loss is a gain. And, you know, it's, as I've said, like, I'm not there yet. Like, I know I'm going to get there, you know? I don't know when, but I, I know I'm going to get there. I think I'm close. And I know that, like, as I said, when I look at this, I, when I look at the end of this, I, I feel sad sometimes, but I also feel like, thank God, because the way that it has affected me is just not something that I wanted to continue. I, I don't want to continue living in a situation that's going to continue to have this negative effect on me, on my mental health and on my self-esteem. So like the fact that that is over makes me feel like, thank God, like, yes. And I'm realizing I'm seeing how God has worked through this. And when I look back and I ask all the questions, like, why did this happen? I I think I can say right now that I, I know the answer. Like, I understand why this did happen. I mean, not fully, but I can, I, I think I can say that I know why this had to happen for this. And this podcast is one of those reasons why. And, um, just the place that I'm in mentally and spiritually right now is one is another one of those reasons. And that's just like, how can I not be grateful for something that ultimately got me to this place? You know what I mean? So I think that that's the biggest takeaway for me. And that's the thing that gives me the peace, knowing that God knew what was going to happen and he knew it was going to be hard, but he knew it was going to be a refiner for me is a thing that has me just like, okay, we can keep on. And even though I have still sad moments or, or whatever, like we can keep on, you know? So, yeah. And with that guys, that is the end. One thing I also want to say is, you know, with with grief with loss it's okay like all the things that we're talking about all the things that we've both experienced no matter how hard and difficult like it's okay that we we can talk about those things and and I think that's the biggest takeaway I want to get from you guys for you guys is that like talk about these things, you know, maybe that learn from our mistakes. Okay. <laughs> like we, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of in a place where we're going to start working on we've, I think we're working in progress. We are work in progress. We are a work in progress. So we are getting better, but you know, talk about these things and, um, and it's okay if you're sad and if you're crying and if you feel sad every day, like that's, be okay with those feelings, you know? Uh, yeah, I wanted to, I was thinking the same thing, just that, and also that you don't need to feel like your reaction is wrong, whether it's greater or smaller than somebody else's. So like, for me, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is my grandmother and old people die. So maybe somebody's listening and it's like, why is it such a big deal? Like, why are you still cut up years later, almost a decade later? But it doesn't matter. Don't look at anybody else's and say, yeah. you know, compare. Like, you don't have to say, oh, well, somebody else lost their child and they're doing better. And I just lost a cousin. And, you know, like, it's okay to feel how you're feeling. And I'm telling this to myself, too. Yeah. And, girl, I mean, that's facts because I literally said it. Like, I said it today in a break. Y'all didn't hear Exactly. This. But I said, like, hearing you talk about your, your grandma's death has me like, well... I didn't experience the death. So like, this is not that bad. But as I said earlier, I I think the, yeah, don't compare first of all, but second of all, I think that the, 
the responses is very similar. The feelings are very similar. And yeah. it doesn't mean that it's not equally as heartbreaking or hurtful or whatever it is. So, yeah, I love that. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming and joining me once again. Um, Thank you for having me. Get used to Lisa's voice, you guys, because you know she's going to be mad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to our t-shirt that we're matching, twinsies. We are actually yeah. wearing a shirt that represents our love for This Is Us, <laughs> which I think is very on brand for this podcast, quite frankly. We're not going to get into all that, but Thank you, Lisa, for joining us. Until next time, bye. And that was the episode, you guys. It was a little bit of a, a, a tough one. You know, it was um, a little bit dark at times, but I hope you enjoyed it. You know, one thing about having these kinds of conversations is that sometimes there is no wrap it up in a beautiful bow and that's it. And, and I think that's the way life is. And so I'm really grateful that we were able to have this conversation. And for us, it was actually, I think, the catalyst for change in our own personal life so you know if nothing else it really was necessary for us i hope you all enjoyed it stay tuned for next week for another episode don't forget to follow us on social media follow me on i am not okay pod on instagram i am not okay with day podcast on facebook and i am not okay pod on twitter and we are officially on YouTube, y'all. So go ahead, subscribe to the channel. I am not okay with day podcast. Until next week, you guys. Bye.